is Voicemail, the Universal Postal Union's podcast covering the wonderful world of mail. I'm your host, Ian Kerr. In this episode, I'm joined by Tony Robinson, founder of global postal event Parcel and Post Expo. We're going to talk about the role and importance of technology and innovation in the postal world. Joining me is Tony Robinson. Tony is a CEO of UKI Media and Events and very well known in our sector as the founder of Post Expo. Tony, welcome. Before we get into things like Post Expo and looking towards the future, a look towards the past, first of all. Tony, can you just share with us your earliest memories of the Post? Yeah, Ian, that's a very interesting question, really. Um, and and I, su- I suspect the answer to your question is um, probably licking a postage stamp and sticking it onto an envelope. And, you know, I think everything that we're going to talk about is really to do with technology and how things have changed, the revolutions that the world's gone through in my period of time. And, you know, nowadays you don't even lick the stamp. <laughs> it comes with self-adhesive glue and you just peel it off something and stick it on. And I think um, it's probably indicative of how I'm interested in the technology that drives uh, different sectors and especially not least the post um, because the technology of the thing that I first licked has changed from the very beginning onwards. Tony, then let's just, while we're talking about the past, um, UKI has quite an impressive portfolio of events. You've got, I think it's 17 exhibitions and 12 conferences, not to mention 13 magazines. Looking back, how did all this start and what inspired you as an entrepreneur to sort of look towards the transport and logistics sector? Yeah, good question. I um, really um, have always had a fascination with cars, and uh, that really kicked off when I was a child, playing with little toy cars on the end of my bed. Uh, I got involved in the um, magazine publishing business and actually things that I've done include the uh, I was the uh, publisher of a magazine called Slimmer second biggest selling slimming magazine in the UK in the late 1990s uh, at the other end of the portfolio of things I was involved with then I had a magazine uh, there called Boat International which is the world's leading super yacht magazine and still is and um you know, really the thing that drove me at any point, if I could uh, attach myself to it, was anything to do with cars, automotive design, transportation, generally really was uh, the, the bit that I was interested in. And I set up my own company in 1991, uh, very much on a small scale, um, very much uh, it was a question of me, a desk, a phone, uh, and a dog. And I sometimes chart my success on the basis of the fact that I've got up to seven dogs, um, currently only six, and um, maybe that's indicative of the pandemic, I don't know. But um, uh, but certainly my dog population's increased. Uh, the business has grown very successfully. And, and I spotted that um, transportation um, in the early 1990s, when the company was started, uh, accounted for 18% of GNP globally. Uh, and I thought, well, look, I, I think I can live within a, a, an orbit of 18% of 
GMP. That will do me. And it's my specialist area. It's what I enjoy doing and talking about. And, uh, and that was it, really. That transportation it became. The uh, post industry came about for us uh, pretty early on. Um, in 1995, uh, I launched a publication on electric and hybrid vehicle design, electric and hybrid vehicle technology. And um, then uh, just before that, I'd launched a publication in the traffic management industry. And this was interesting because it's what both of those things drew me into the world of the post. The reason for that is the the posts were very early adopters um, and trialers of battery cars, of fully electric vehicles. And uh, actually, I got into discussions very early on with Deutsche Post, um, uh, in particular with a, a guy called Gunter Bohm, who was uh, fantastically helpful in introducing us to technologies they were using. And um, they were trialing something they called zinc air batteries, zinc air lead batteries, I think they were, um, in the sort of period of 1995-1996. The other thing I could see from the traffic industry was traffic uh, operations centres were using big entire walls uh, watching the traffic flows in their networks, in their high net, highway networks. And I could see that the posts were beginning to use similar big screen, big whole wall technology um, to uh, keep an eye on their fleets of vehicles traveling around their delivery networks. So there were great uh, crossovers of technology, and, and that's what really got me starting to look at the post industry. And as I started to look at it, I could see there were, there were some interesting sort of beginnings of revolutions going on. Um, one thing that I latched onto was optical character recognition um, for reading handwriting on envelopes. And I thought, well, I love that. <laughs> I'm a sort of gadget person. <laughs> you show me something that does optical character reading uh, on envelopes, and uh, I, I go, yummy, I, I love it, you know, show me something else. And there was a lot of things going on, introduction of automation uh, for sortation of letters and and to a much lesser extent than parcels. Um, so that's what sort of drew me into this particular sector. Looking back then to the very first post-expo, just can you share a few memories from that? What kind of technologies were exhibited at the time? And who do you recall being involved in sort of the speaking and things like that at that very first post-expo? Post-expo came about uh, after we launched the magazine Postal Technology International. And uh, initially in 1996, we launched the publication as, as a one-off review of technologies which were developing and emerging in the post industry and um actually when we published it it was about april may um 1996 and um the industry loved it uh, people were really surprised by some of the things that we'd um latched onto and and that would have included optical character recognition of handwriting and it would have included early stage sorting of parcels, would have had some uh, references to electric vehicles for the silent delivery of um, letters in the early hours of the morning in cities. Uh, Silence was one of the uh, 
great attributes in the early days of electric um, delivery vans. So um, we launched the publication in 1996. We published the second version of it in 1997. And by then it was apparent to me that this industry really could do with having um, a, an annual technology showcase, an, an annual event where the technology drivers, the companies that were pushing the frontiers of new things, could come and demonstrate the various things that they had going on. And um, we launched Post Expo in Hamburg in October 1997. Um, it, it was uh, a, a complete knockout success. And um, people that came along uh, included uh, a guy from uh, UPU, and um, his verdict on what we'd done was he said, look, you've actually sort of transformed in one moment the way the post sees itself, because the posts are very traditional. They, they tend not to see themselves as high-tech, forward-moving, forward-thrusting businesses. So they're very... Uh, very um, traditional, really, in, in what they do. You've just rolled out a show full of technology for the post industry with about 150 exhibitors. And never before has a, has a post industry really been able to look at itself and see it, itself as a high-tech community. And, and that's really the thing that Post Expo changed, I think. It, it created uh, a vision of an industry that saw itself historically as very traditional, suddenly, actually, with all this new modern technology that was open to it. And um, it, it suddenly clearly defined the fact that an annual technology showcase was something that was really valid and worthwhile. Innovation, technical innovation, is the driver of opportunity. It's a driver of opportunity for posts to enter new sectors, new areas of activity, new ways of doing things. And we've always said over the years that it's really important that CEOs come to this show. Um, and the reason it's really important is because CEOs, they're, they're not technical, gadget-driven people, but they are the people that can see strategic opportunities. And those strategic opportunities are being driven so much out of the technology that the clever companies are being uh, busy creating, that it's really important CEOs of posts come to a show like this, they can see the technologies, they can see, because they are strategic people, the opportunities that these technologies are creating for their businesses. And um, it's very important. It's not just for the technical boffins, if you like, but it's, it's a show for the CEOs to grasp the, the opportunities as well. You mentioned earlier about the wide range of publications and shows that UKI Media and Events has. Um, looking at that and your understanding and history even with the postal sector, how do you see the position and the role of the traditional postal sector within this broader sort of transport, logistics and technology industry? Yeah, yeah. the interesting thing that we've seen um, is something that it's ever so easy to overlook, and it's called a revolution. Now, when I got involved in looking at the post industry at the very beginning, 
the internet didn't really exist. You know, the the there were uh, ways of communicating electronically, but it really fundamentally, um, the World Wide Web didn't exist. The internet, as we know it today, didn't exist. People posted letters to them to to one another all over the world. Thankfully, um, and and really the the parcel delivery business was a very small business. In 1997, uh, I, I spotted a new company emerging, the same as we all did, I guess, um, called Amazon. And to me, Amazon looked like a rather strange and quirky business. Um, they, they were selling books online. And in those days, you, you used to not get online like we do now, expecting everything to work within nanoseconds, but you had to dial up on uh, an ADSL line that made a very strange noise and eventually something would pop up, maybe. Uh, you might even find your way to this thing called Amazon Books. And, you know, in my opinion, um, it looked like a business that was losing a lot of money. Uh, I didn't really give it a great deal of hope. Um, I couldn't understand why people wouldn't walk down the road still and buy a book out of a bookshop. And I was wrong. <laughs> and um, the the biggest transformation, uh, and, and we've been through. Actually, it's not a transformation; it's a revolution. Uh, is is the internet and the way people have transitioned into online shopping, um, which is accelerating even as we speak. And and you know, in the early two thousands, online shopping was new. Uh, buying your groceries online wasn't something that people really did. Um, now, um, anything and everything is available online, and, and, and that is a, a complete transformation, revolution in the way people live and operate. And, of course, it's given fantastic rise and rise and rise of the parcel delivery part of the business. And, as we know, the letter end of the post business has really um, almost vanished. And, and I think it's a great shame in some respects, you, you know, that um, the romance of sending letters has uh, somewhat disappeared. Uh, and I think, you know, we're going to find the next generation of kids are going to actually ask uh, the questions about, you, you did what? You, you, you wrote using a pen onto an envelope and put something inside it. You, you walk down the road with it, you put it in a box. Somebody else came and picked it up and took it off in a van and then it ended up in a sorting centre and you just didn't send an email. <laughs> it's going to become a thing of the past, sadly. Uh, I fear, you know, some of the things that I rather like, um, including writing with a fountain pen and using a piece of paper, the, these things will die away and people will cease to know how to write with a, a, a pen or a, a pencil. And, um, you know, the, the idea of uh, posting and sending a letter will become almost a laughable piece of history. Many bridges for us to cross before. I think the letter becomes <laughs> truly a part of history. Um, but you've made a really good point about the, I suppose, the quantifiable impact of the internet on the postal world, not just in the loss of letter volumes, but in the growth in parcel volumes and so many other things. On this topic of technology then, what 
in your opinion, are the emerging technologies that could define the future of the postal sector? And or are there any emerging technologies that you think should be on the radar of postal operators right now? Hmm. You know, I think we're in a, a an interesting phase of where online shopping and parcel delivery is. I, I would call it the chaotic phase. Uh, I think when you look at most technologies, particularly if they're applicable to a consumer environment, um, they, they go into a chaotic phase. And actually, if you look at the history of the motor car and you imagine uh, a, a scene in any major city circa 1910 or 1920, the, the scene that you'll see will be fairly chaotic. There'll be maybe cars going in all sorts of directions, uh, maybe not a very well-managed highway environment. There'll probably be some horses and carriages in amongst them as well, and there's sort of a bit of chaos going on. Um, it, it, for me at the moment, the, the parcel delivery business uh, is is in that sort of early phase of a slightly chaotic environment where that there is a, a terrible quest for instant delivery. And, you know, I find it quite worrying that I can buy a tube of toothpaste, uh, a tube of toothpaste online, and it can be delivered to my house in the countryside the following morning. That actually isn't a very healthy condition, really. It's indicative of a, a fantastic thing going on with the speed with which parcels can be delivered. But that's not a really very good sustainable solution. And I would certainly like to see uh, products categorised and, and even, if, if it's possible, people to be categorised so that um, I would be classified as somebody who really doesn't need to have a tube of toothpaste delivered by tomorrow morning. Um, maybe I should have thought about running out of toothpaste a little bit earlier. And and maybe because I live where I live in the countryside, my deliveries should be consolidated and maybe I can have a, a delivery once or twice a week. And that would say to me we're out of the chaotic zone of a highly competitive range of companies um, competing with one another really just to achieve speed of delivery and, and um, convenience. And we go into a phase of much more consolidated, careful planning of deliveries. And, and, and I might have a medical condition um, whereby I could get deliveries much more quickly. But uh, it's a bit chaotic at the moment. And um, I think that'll sort itself out and, and we'll head towards a much more sustainable solution. Um, in, in amongst what I see going on, um, I certainly feel there is a, a fantastic um, opportunity for autonomous vehicles to become a mainstream part of the parcel delivery process. Um, uh, deliveries, whether they're parcels or, for that matter, letters, um, which seem to me nowadays mostly to be uh, invoices um, as opposed to anything more romantic. <laughs> um, but I, I think really the, um, the, the delivery processes um, are very well suited to autonomous vehicles. They're, they're running routes continuously delivering to the same range of houses or offices or whatever. 
Uh, and therefore, programming and, and developing the AI that is required for autonomous vehicles to operate, it, it, it is a programmable, controlled environment that they're operating in with a lot of variable parameters like traffic and pedestrians and other things to avoid. But um, there is great scope for the posts and the parcel delivery companies to be um, really early adopters as they're already beginning to become um, of autonomous vehicles. And of course, um, robots of various shapes and sizes for um, the last mile application. Uh, and I think robots are a fabulous um, uh, invention, of, have huge potential here for activities which in certain uh, weather conditions and climates may be hazardous and difficult and uh, really not perfectly suited to the human being. So there's great potential. Uh, I think autonomous vehicles and robotics are going to be the real uh, interesting short-term uh, growth area and um, development area for the post. It'll be the next revolution and it's already beginning to happen. One of the things you touched on there, Tony, was the impact on the environment and sustainability. What about the technology that we're seeing in the delivery sector now? How can that help our sector reduce its environmental impact or even strive towards this idea of net carbon zero? You know, at the moment, we're seeing a, a big growth of delivery uh, activity. And um, it, it's going to take time to settle itself down into a pattern which actually really makes sense. Um, we're, we're seeing certainly in England, where I live, uh, huge growth in uh, warehousing facilities and um, dispatch facilities, uh, a huge increase in delivery vehicles going on. And it's all very exciting and, and all very relevant to a transitioning community of people who are moving from going to the shops to having things delivered to their homes. Um I, I think we're likely to see uh, something which is a bit different in the future, where people will be encouraged to, I'm going to call it bulk buy. And, and by that, really, it, it isn't logical to buy two bars of soap or two tubes of toothpaste. I think there will be a, a change into encouraging people to buy 12 tubes of toothpaste and get one free. Um, and, uh, you know, with things that are non-perishable uh, and are rapidly consumable, it really can't make sense to have continuous delivery whereby people can, uh, without thinking and, and certainly without any malice intended, cause a lot of damage to the planet because they're not creating ordering profiles which actually make any sense to anybody. So um, I think that, that there will be um, a, a big improvement. And actually, one of the big improvements will need to be in the way people are thinking themselves, the way they perceive the impacts that they're creating on the environment. And, you know, nothing that we ever can say in terms of the parcel delivery business can, can have a uniformly correct answer. 
because uh, countries have very different um, demographics, geographics, climate issues going on. Some people live in uh, urban environments where the impact of small volume repetitive deliveries may be less severe than people that are living in the countryside or rural communities or very remote environments where I guess people in very remote environments are not making some of the sustainability blunders that it's easy to make if you live in uh, maybe an urban or much more compact scenario. So I think we'll see big improvements and, and I think that'll help the industry, the parcel delivery industry, uh, create much greater efficiencies and uh, the whole thing will go from that process, which I've referred to as a bit chaotic right now, to much more managed and functional and sustainable formats. Looking forward now to the next Parcel and Post Expo, which is being held in Frankfurt in October this year. What's special about this year's event? And uh, is there anything in particular that you've seen on the program or on the exhibitor floor that makes you think that postal CEOs definitely should attend? So this year we go into the 25th anniversary show. Um, the, the really exciting thing is it's the biggest Parcel and Post Expo that's ever taken place. That is a reflection, of course, of the fact that even during the pandemic, which has slowed so many industry sectors, including the exhibitions industry, down to a standstill, um, online shopping has, of course, um, showed a completely opposite trend. So uh, I think the parcel and post-delivery businesses are booming. Um, The technology of improving efficiency, higher speed, Uh, dispatch, higher speed processing, automation of delivery uh, systems, uh, and and all of these things are increasing tremendously. And uh, of course, inevitably, the um, whole last mile delivery, the robotics end of things, the early uh, possibilities for autonomous vehicles, um, it's all on show at the show. And it's more and more important um, for the industry to come and see this to be the, what it is, annual technology showcase for the things that are driving the business forward. UKI Media has been a partner of the UPU for many years. How did it all start? And what do you think's next for this partnership? Well, it's been a great partnership. Um, it, it's It's been a very friendly partnership. It's been a very cooperative one, and it's been a win-win partnership from the very beginning, really. Um, initially, I, I first uh, went to have a meeting uh, with the UPU in 1997 as the uh, show was gathering momentum for its very first running, and I uh, felt it was important to make sure UPU were aware of what we were doing. Um, We ran the first two or three shows completely uh, independently. uh, And then UPU came along and said, look, we'd like to get involved with this. We'd like to run a conference session and cooperate, work with you guys, because you are doing something which is very important for the post industry. You are the technology showcase for the business that we're in. And and so uh, I think the first uh, get-together with an official 
UPU participation was probably in the year 2000, so the third year, really, of um, the show, third or fourth year of the show running. And um, really, it's, it's been a great cooperation and, as I say, win-win uh, for, for us and for the UPU. We're working together very logically and very successfully. Um, we see uh, a long-term future because there's great camaraderie and great productiveness in this relationship. And um, yes, I think uh, it's definitely a long-term um, future for both of us. Now, this year's UPU World Leaders Forum, which is made possible as part of this partnership with UKI, is dedicated to cross-sector cooperation. So what's your opinion about the importance of both posts and private logistics operators working together? A long, long time ago, and when we first started to become active in the post industry, the, the posts were fundamentally um, sort of nationalised industries or there was one post typically operating in any country. Maybe we could see at the time some courier companies going on doing very high-speed uh, particularly document delivery. Um, nowadays, the world's changed, and, and uh, obviously in, in all countries, at, um, certainly in, in Europe and uh, not all countries in the world, but um, in a lot of countries, there is uh, a lot of competition between different companies with the posts competing with the newer generation parcel delivery and what were courier companies. And there's definitely great scope and benefit to be had from uh, cooperation between different entities which might have different speeds going on within their businesses, diff different um, governmental maybe restrictions where there's a connection into the private sector that can improve the efficiency of the businesses. And again, it comes back to the win-win uh, of course, whatever we say, um, as I've mentioned before, we can't take the world and say, look, everything applies to every country because different uh, political and, and um, demographic situations and, and commercial situations are going on. But quite clearly, the utilisation and uh, cross-fertilisation of national industries with private sector companies it, it's a very healthy transition and development. Uh, my very first question in this interview was about your earliest memory of the post. Let's flip that, flip that around. Looking forward to, say, 10 or 20 or however many years from now, how do you expect your mail to be delivered? I suppose, given what you said earlier, will there even be mail to be delivered? Well, I think the first uh, answer to your question is let's hope there is a world um, into which uh, things can still be delivered. Uh, I have high hopes for common sense prevailing at leadership levels and that we will be um, much the same as we are currently. Maybe perhaps we might even find that we're even, even in a better world than we are now. Um, I think it's going to be down to this key word, sustainability. Um, you, you know, unfortunately, in amongst all the wonderful technical innovation that I might talk about, um, 
technical innovation has also caused great problems for the planet. Um, and, you know, one of the things I only realised fairly recently was that the unfortunate question of global warming is actually an irreversible question. You know, we, we, we probably, most of us that are optimistic, live in the belief that maybe we can turn global warming back and uh, and uh, and actually we can't it you know, i think it's scientifically proven that where we are is where we're at and there's no going back so it is rather important and i think we can see that with weather conditions and storms and fires and uh, other things that are going on <coughs> that we can't continue to allow the planet to get too much warmer so we really do have to be very realistic about what we're doing. And um, I, I think we really have to be realistic about slowing down parcel delivery, uh, creating more optimized solutions for um, grouping packages together uh, and, and really looking at um, doing things which will help with that whole sustainability issue. Because if we don't, it's gonna get hotter and we aren't gonna like it. Tony Robinson, CEO of UKI Media and Events. Thank you very much for joining us on the UPU Voicemail podcast today. Ian, it's been great talking with you and thanks for inviting me to do so. You've been listening to Voicemail, the official podcast of the Universal Postal Union. Subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platform and you'll get each episode downloaded to the device of your choosing as it's released. My thanks to the team at the UPU for their help putting together this episode. I'm your host, Ian Kerr, and I look forward to your company next time on Voicemail, the podcast of the UPU. UPU.